Welcome, friends, to the Yoga and Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Weber, a yoga and Pilates teacher who is living, learning, and being a human every day here in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I'm constantly curious about all things yoga and. This podcast is an invitation to open up your aperture to how we might view yoga. Is it possible that yoga is more than something that you do on a piece of rubber, but could it be infused into other aspects of regular daily life? Today, we will explore the subject of yoga and anxiety. I'm especially excited to have back on the show. Check out episode number 48, Yoga and the Concept of Removing Other When You Get a Chance. She is a yoga teacher and a yoga therapist in training, the knowledgeable Lalani Clark. Lalani will be talking all about yoga and the different aspects of anxiety, from social anxiety to high-functioning anxiety and more. In this conversation, she also ties in the concept of otherness and how it can affect anxiety, which is so fascinating. On a personal note, before yoga, I had... Uh, zero skills in dealing with my own anxiety. And it's because of yoga that I am a stronger person who can now deal with stress in a way that doesn't knock me down every single time like it used to. This is why I believe so much that yoga is for everyone and why I love the podcast, which I hope highlights the practical application and the usefulness of yoga, as well as celebrates the people who are teaching these necessary and healthy life skills. I know you will get something good from this episode, so let's sit back, relax, and enjoy, y'all. of the Body Bliss events and also a lovely human being, Lilani Clark. Sorry, I messed up your name. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. It is a tongue twister. (laughs) You got this. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Okay. (laughs) Joining us on today's episode is previous guest on the show. Check out episode number 48 yoga and the concept of removing other when you get a chance she is a yoga teacher a yoga therapist in training co-teacher of the body bliss events and also a lovely human leilani clark hey leilani how are you hi ashley i'm well thank you so much and thank you so much for having me on again and um and i just want to also thank you for I just also want to thank you for your awareness and what you are doing to bring awareness um, to how yoga impacts um, individuals on and off the mat um, and your commitment to the field. Like, I just love the energy that you bring to your classes and to this podcast. And uh, I know that your listeners feel that energy and feel that love. So thank you. Well, thank you. And I'm I'm so grateful for you for taking time out of your day to come back on the show. We're talking all about yoga and anxiety today, which is really a, just such a fascinating subject. And in our conversations, you you know so much about this subject. 
And I'm so excited for um, it to be, be heard um, today on the show. Would you like to introduce yourself just a little bit more to people who may not know you? Tell us who you are, what you're about. Sure. <clears throat> Nutshell-wise, um, I'm a health advocate, right? Helping women with chronic pain identify the root causes of their anxiety and restore balance in their lives. So, Oh, I'm sure we're going to get to know you even more throughout the episode, but anything else you want to add? Um, you know, yoga is, is that primary means that I, I do that with, right? And so um, being able to break down barriers for, for individuals, being able to bring consciousness into their every action, um, to live in alignment with our highest self, um, to really provide opportunities that lead to conscious transformations. That's amazing. So how does yoga show up in your daily life since it's such a part of your life and a part of your work? Right. Quite frankly, it's what sustains me. <laughs> uh, and and I mean that in the whole complete sense. Uh, it's a me major reason why uh, I'm even walking today. And we can save that for another episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, yoga um, impacts my thinking patterns, my attitude, my actions, my actions towards myself, my actions towards others around me. Uh, it's really been the catalyst in helping me embody the, the notion that my body is a temple housing a divine light, right? And really balancing that humanity with divinity and, and how that shifts what, what we do, why we do it, uh, and knowing that the how has already been taken care of by the divine, right? Oh. Wow, that's a great way to explain it. That's exactly, I, mean, I feel a lot the same of how yoga is what sustains me as well, and it's how you take care of yourself. Like, it, yeah, it, it's, it's such a great, that's a great answer. So today's topic all about yoga and anxiety why did you choose that title exactly so fun little tidbit right um this is a pre-covid tidbit so um statistics from the national institute of mental health and and according to um them, 31.1% of adults in the U.S. will actually experience anxiety at some point in their lives. Mm. So, and that was pre-COVID, right? So, um, in 2021, with the uncertainty surrounding COVID-19, with political unrest, with racial unrest, it's a lot on our nervous systems. Um, but we don't have to be victim to that chaos. And yoga provides so many amazing tools from breath work to movement to meditation and the gong. Um, <laughs> when we recognize that our thoughts and behaviors are all vibrational 
we have a way to anchor in the midst of these worldly storms. And, um, and I think another really important thing is that individuals experiencing anxiety um, often retract, right? And, and, um, <clears throat> and so I just want to take a moment to say to uh, yoga and podcast listeners who are experiencing anxiety that you're not alone. Um, you Like, sometimes it's just really hard to talk about. Mm, yeah. And I imagine it's just this vicious spiral that you, you spiral downward when you don't want to talk about it, you have it, you don't know how to help yourself, and it just feeds more and more. Um, exactly. And, you know, it often... Um, we can go into a cycle, right, where um, we talk about remuneration a lot, about negative thought patterns, and that just exactly have you, as you've stated, Ashley, with that cyclical behavior and, you know, this track of I'm the only one that has this or, or that's so common to you that you don't know that there's another way to feel, right? Yeah. Like that can be on both sides of the coin, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we get into uh, how man- how anxiety can manifest in the body a little bit later and on our show today, um, let's keep, maybe keep that in mind and come back and cycle back to that because we can really delve deep into a little bit into how anxiety manifests in the body and how it impacts the mind. I I love what you're saying and I'm excited to know more. In the previous episode that you did with us, you did it with um, two of your other coworkers and friends and the concept of removing other. So how, if if at all, how is otherness related to anxiety? Sure. So at the core of anxiety, I have often found that Um, with my clients that the root cause stems actually from a place of non-acceptance of self, Mm. which is the crux of otherness, right? Like if we can't accept ourselves, how can we expect to be able to accept someone outside of our own body? Um, If we talk in a pattern of self-hate or self-criticism or self-judgment, that's the attitude that we're going to project and and that's also the attitude that's going to be reflected back to us right which Mm -hmm. then creates that cycle yet again um objectifying labeling blame shifting identifying identifying as a victim are all ways that we can create otherness within ourselves, um, which leads to toxic beliefs that then manifest in mental and physical bodies as anxiety. Wow. I mean, you summed it up so simply and beautifully. And another word that comes to mind is judgment. Um, You know, that's kind of, I've experienced a lot of that in my life. Yeah. And I yeah. have a lot of that um, within myself that still shows up um, when I'm not aware. Yeah. But um, I love 
not to make it about me, but I just, when you were saying that, I was like, judgment, judgment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, story of my life. Um, so what are some characteristics of anxiety? Alrighty. So people experiencing anxiety, well, you named one of them, right? That whole, that, that mental cycle of remuneration, mm-hmm. that pattern of negative thoughts, right? That end up being cyclical. Mm-hmm. In our physical bodies, anxiety can manifest as muscle tension. Mm-hmm. Um, people can be irritable for like no apparent reason, right? <laughs> um, people sometimes get absolutely frozen in fear. Um, or another physical manifestation can be a whole spectrum of gastrointestinal upsets, right? So from having esophagus issues to um, imbalance in the stomach acid to diarrhea and constipation, right? That um, are just an overall state of nauseous nauseousness <clears throat> nausea yeah let's go with the right english word um <laughs> getting there um anyways um so those i mean things that seemingly appear unrelated to a a mental right what is typically in mainstream referred to as a mental condition right mm-hmm. um, it's really important for individuals working through anxiety or uh, once they acknowledge that they have anxiety to understand that it has physical manifestations mm. um, and so and to the point that you know <clears throat> We talk about these, this cycle of negative thinking. Sometimes, and quite frequently, people will also accelerate that and say that the their mind is racing all of the time and they can't shut it off, right? Mm-hmm. And that leads to not being able to have satisfying sleep, restless nights, that whole cyclical aspect of insomnia that comes into play um, people can experience thyroid problems um, or mm-hmm. even uh, an irregular heartbeat oh wow um, yeah I mean there there are some really tangible aspects to anxiety uh, dizziness headaches dry mouth the constant state of feeling like you're always on the edge and like always in a chronic state or consumed by worry and fear those are those are ways that many people experience anxiety Um, now what's really interesting is there's something called high functioning anxiety okay and this is Typically, uh, a group of individuals that 
hasn't been to a doctor to be diagnosed as an individual with um, anxiety, hasn't received medication um, to mediate their um, anxiety, right? Um, And as a result, that can lead to its own challenges because if, like we were mentioning before, anxiety can sometimes be something that we don't talk about, right? And we, um, and especially individuals that are in uh, this defined category of high-functioning anxiety, mm-hmm. people, can, once they start to recognize that, oh, I actually underlying all of these physical manifestations is my is anxiety right once they come to that realization it can be really challenging asking for help because mm-hmm. from the outside you've just seemed very successful ah ooh and i imagine a little bit of egos in there um, oh yeah i'd imagine a whole lot of egos in there <laughs> That's the thing, like individuals with high-functioning anxiety can appear incredibly calm and collected, passionate about life. Uh, their their business is, is usually tidy and, and organized, right? And, mm-hmm. and they're really attentive to details. <clears throat> Not bad qualities at all, right? Like these, yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are positive, they can be really positive things, right? Um, but, but what's happening on the inside, right, is that the individual is experiencing significant mental and physical fatigue. Um, They may be completely intimidated about the future. We talked about being frozen about fear, right? They can also uh, tend to be people pleasers, um, both afraid of driving people away and at the same time, afraid of letting other people down. Mm-hmm. Um, their schedules tend to be overbooked. And um, even in their daily functioning life, they tend to be little busy bees, right? Like always on the move, got to do this. I got a list to check off, yeah. right? I got things to handle. The concept of pausing it's kind of not there, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, I just feel like society wants us to be yes. high-functioning anxiety people. Yes. Like we're seen as lazy if we pause or boring. Or I, I feel like I've gotten that message like, oh, you're boring because you do less. Exactly. You relax. And um, maybe that's changing now with the landscape of like post-2020. But um, right. But yeah, I, I, that society wants us to burn out, basically. Right. Yes. And 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 Ashley, you bring up a like that's what makes it so challenging. That's what makes it so challenging to talk about. That's what makes it mm. so challenging to separate our identity right from being high achieving 
and matching it with our physical need to actually have a healthy nervous system, Mm. right? And a healthy endocrine system because we can do both. We just need to figure out what that is for our own rhythms. Mm. So I imagine the motivator, like if, if, if you're thinking in terms of, well, I want to be successful, but I also want to have a regulated nervous system. I mean, I think the long-term game is, or the long-term deal is, as long as you can be true to your nervous system and find balance, you're not going to have any horrible, or, you know, it's less likely you're going to have some horrible, something that happens to you physically or mentally down the line. If, if you work now on the more sustainable route, right? I mean, that's the motivation. Right, exactly. And, and in addition to that, like as you're doing the training now, ultimately what you are building is your resilience, mm. right? The strength of your nervous system to when, when we do have those uh, intense moments in life, when we do have those challenges, to not get stuck in that cycle of mm-hmm. of being swept away in the challenge, right? But in fact, we having the strength built up in our nervous system to go, holy cow, that was intense. Um, and, but here's my anchor. I got this. I'm going to come back to this, right? I know how to breathe through this. I know how to move through this. I... I'm no longer dictated by the circumstances that are surrounding me, Mm. but my calmness comes from within me, right? And so even when I'm in the middle of a hurricane, I got this. I cannot think of a more attractive quality in a person. Right. Yeah, right. Like that ability to not experience this, right? Like not have that so excessive a vibrational energy that you create excessive heat within your body, right? Mm-hmm. That you can go, holy cow, there's a sandstorm around me, right? I've got a whole bunch of heat and a whole bunch of nervous energy surrounding me and, and I can be the water. Mm. Yeah. And it will happen. There, yeah. Rest assured, there's going to be moments in the future <laughs> that are stressful. It's, it's, it's inevitable. Like, it's yes, it is. Somewhat recently, I had the wonderful Scout Shavers on the show. When you get a chance, check it out. It's episode 22, Yoga and Birth. Scout is a birth worker, a birth educator, a doula, a yoga teacher, and the founder of the organization Birth Wild Awake. This organization specifically supports Black, Indigenous, people of color, the doulas, as well as the families. The money is strictly used to provide educational scholarships to these doulas seeking mentorships and skill set to support these families. You may or may not already know, but systematic racism starts at birth. And I really believe in supporting this 
organization because there is such a need for more support in this particular area of the community. There's a couple of ways you can contribute to her organization. You can either give directly to Birth Wild Awake on Scout's website, scoutwildawake.com forward slash donate. The link to that is in the show notes. There's a donate button that you can click on once you get there, or you can also buy her t-shirts on her website. I have a t-shirt and they are wonderful. They're soft, they fit well, and are high quality. They say on the front of them, Black Birthing Lives Matter. I love mine. I wear it all the time. If you're able, please consider supporting Birth Wild Awake. So we talked about the high-functioning anxiety, but I'm curious about the social anxiety. What do you have to say about that? Sure. And so social anxiety, um, we can... Sometimes, sometimes people have said that 2020 uh, was a blessing for, for individuals with social anxiety, right? Because mm-hmm. now you had a socially accepted excuse yeah. to say, I'm not going to meet with you, right? Yeah. Like it was became socially acceptable. Whereas before, there might have been times where you were like declining invitations because you were anxious about um, being around loud sounds, being around, being in crowds, right? <clears throat> and in 2020 gave individuals that opportunity to say, I, I can decline your invitation and I don't have to feel guilty about it. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so, We can work on that, you know, through yoga, we can work together on coming um, into a space where the loud sounds don't uh, trigger you anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That the, um, the constant presence of unknown people around you, like that bubble, that you want to be in, right? Learning ways to allow yourself to be in that bubble, to create that bubble for you of whatever size you need it to be and still be able to not miss out on opportunities in life, right? To, To not remove yourself so much that you also remove the joy mm. that comes with connection with social interactions uh, and social engagement, right? We, one of the things um, that has been proven by research so much is that as human beings, we, we actually need and thrive and can be our best selves when we have a positive support network. Right. And that has been proven again and again by research. Mm. And it's a part of social anxiety that is what's causing the anxiety. Right. And mm-hmm. um, and so how do I get that? How do I get the balance between being engaged, 
but being shut down by fear, mm. right? Um, and so the approach <clears throat> of of helping somebody transition from that space, one space to another, right, uh, looks a lot different than it does for individuals with high-functioning anxiety. Mm. Could you give an example of like what what you might, what method through yoga you might use to ease someone into getting away from the fear that is social anxiety so they can be a little more adaptable, a little more comfortable in a social situation? Sure. So one great technique uh, that's yogic technique would be uh, increasing the strength of somebody's auric field. Mm. Right? That's, uh, that's our protection bubble, right? And um, oftentimes, so trauma is also stored in our arc line. And as women, we have two arc lines. We have our arc line that goes <clears throat> from our ear to our ear, right? Oh. And that's uh, it also in common with um, all genders, okay? Everyone's going to have this ear to ear arc line. But as a female dominant energy, we have a second uh, arc line, and that is... Um, across our chest oh and this is where trauma is stored and so as we process through trauma whatever initially triggered that um, belief that underlying belief uh, that social events um, are fearful right uh, there at some point what likely was a, a trauma a traumatic event and so we can work directly with the arc line and we can work on that auric field and what those two aspects are going to help are going to help individuals um, increase their sense of protection around themselves mm. right and we start there right we've got to start we got to start here before we can even start to go outside, right? We've got to be able to feel safe uh, within our body, safe with um, within our minds, right? And we can do that by bringing awareness to what, where that um, belief initially came from, and oftentimes it's related back to a traumatic event. Wow. I love, I love this angle on the arc line. I've never heard of that before. And um, I work with highly sensitive and empathic individuals and right. social anxiety is also a thing. Yeah, It's more of a human sponge absorbing everything. Everything's on volume 12. And so um, my, my approach with them is like self-care before, during and after and limit, limit that time. Like yep. take a little bitty bites. Yes. And bigger bites. Yes. Because over time you do build resiliency and, you know, we're here to live our best life. We're here to enjoy. And, right. and when you let fear take over your life, as we know, like you, you're denying yourself joy. Exactly. Living, you know, and, and others giving your best self to the world as well. Like exactly. we're here to do that. Give our world our gifts. Yeah. Um, what? Okay. So we touched on, characteristics and of anxiety. I want to, I want to, I, I could, we could do a whole episode about 
social anxiety. I have so many more questions and high functioning anxiety, and we'll save that for in the future. I want to hear your thoughts about how nature helps with anxiety. You have some really interesting points. Sure, sure. So I absolutely love that you asked this because um, I'm a big fan of playing in nature. (laughs) And I also love that we live on a planet that actually supports us to down all the way down to our cellular level right Mm -hmm. and um when we're experiencing anxiety we can really forget that and lose sight of that right Mm -hmm. so from a yogic perspective nature is one of the ways that we can access prana prana being life force right Mm -hmm. from a scientific perspective nature and specifically moving water so rivers waterfalls oceans these actually create negative ions and negative ions have a positive impact on increasing serotonin levels which is one of the hormones that helps our bodies to process stress It also helps us to um, increase our daytime energy and can aid in in actually lowering our sense of um, depression. And so it's been, uh, it has a really significant impact on on the mental state of of us as as human beings. And so go play, go play outside. Yes, you like go play outside, go run through the river, go splash yourself with some cold water. Like take a, I mean, if, if you can't, if there is like, you know, if you are absolutely in a space where there is no access to cold running water, right? Uh, that's in nature, take a hose and stand under it, okay? Like, <laughs> my, neighbors, my neighbors will be scratching their head, but... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Put your sprinkler system out and, you know, run through the sprinkler system and, um, you know, or, you know, literally, like, it will do your body a world of good. So... What about just a bath? Like, is that does that create negative ions or or not? A bath um, won't, because typically a bath is going to be warm and it's typically going to be stagnant. If we're talking about a tub, okay. Okay, Um, but there are uh, also benefits um, to cold to hydrotherapy, right? We talk, um, and so typically hydrotherapy would be, um, one of the ways that we see it in yoga anyways, is cold showers. Um, and so, um, depending on what's, how the body is, how the body, um, has manifested the anxiety. So depending on, um. depending on what's going on with the nervous system, mm-hmm. um, there are times where a, a bath can be in exactly what 
the individual needs. Okay. Um, so I don't want to miscommunicate that, but I just want mm -hmm. to let you know that there's, that's not creating negative ions. I see. So yeah, there are definitely benefits to, to having a bath. <laughs> um, and, and working with water in that regard, uh, and being intentional about, you know, um, different aspects of hydrotherapy, but as far as the negative ions go, it's really that, that movement of, of water that's helping with that. So, and I've heard this and I don't know if it's true or not, but is it, cause to get an idea of what negative ions are, I always heard right before it rains, you, you, there's just like a different atmosphere in the air. You, you can even smell, it smells a little different. Is that negative ions? So that, um, I think that's when our systems kind of tune into them a bit more, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, because we definitely, I mean, you, like when you go in the presence of a waterfall, right? The air smells different, the air yes. tastes different, right? And that's, um, I think that's probably more our attunement into what has, is, is present there. Okay, so there's more, you just, you feel it more. Cool. Yeah, yeah. What advice do you, so do you give to someone who has anxiety, anxiety currently and specifically for high functioning anxiety? Like what, what would be something really simple they could, people could start doing or? Yeah. Um, it really comes down to awareness, right? So one tip that I would give is um, learn what triggers your anxiety. And one way to do that is to keep a notebook nearby, right? It doesn't have to be uh, anything significant. It's just a way to keep the, the information in one cohesive area, right? And <clears throat> when you start to notice that you're anxious, start to write what's what start to write down what's going on in and around you and so did you experience a shift in uh, in your body when you ate something right did you did it cause an irregular heartbeat after you ate a particular food um, did that then shift your mental thought process, right? Were you on the phone with a specific person? Um, were there specific sounds or lights around you when you started to notice um, a shift in your own rhythm, right? When you started to acknowledge that you were having um, a bit of anxiety. The benefit um, of writing down our triggers is twofold. One, we start to bring awareness to our patterns, mm. right? Um, two, we also have now tangible, physical evidence, right? Mm. Empirical evidence. And that can be incredibly powerful because we talked about this remuneration, right? And mm -hmm. so oftentimes we get our stuck, ourselves stuck in a cycle, right? Mm -hmm. 
and we uh, individuals that experience anxiety on a regular basis will tend to overthink right and hyperanalyze and all of a sudden the the actual factual of of the trigger right mm -hmm. gets manipulated in our minds right and um, writing it down breaks that cycle so that you can actually go back and go you know what before I had that phone call you know this this is what happened and then I had that phone call right and this is how I felt after that phone call right but it was actually the event before the phone call that was my trigger right maybe some that maybe you ended up not having a positive phone call right yeah. um, but and you and initially our thinking might go to I'm mad at that person yeah right but if we step back a, a minute and go oh I actually started to feel this way before I got on the phone. So it's like your, your own detective on detecting mm -hmm. what is causing the stress. In exactly. Exactly. Yep. And, um, you know, you asked specifically about high functioning individual, high functioning anxiety, um, individuals. And I would like to offer this specifically to individuals experiencing high functioning anxiety that, your achievements are not a result of your anxiety. Oh. Please. Yeah. Please seek um, help. Um, you deserve it. It's not worth keeping yourself bottled up. Um, you know, we all sometimes have to play uh, Clark Kent, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're not Clark Kent. So um, stop trying to Clark Kent it. Mm, that is some good advice. So. Yeah. So let's, let's talk more about you and what you're curious about right now. What are you curious about these days? Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> I am completely fascinated with the human body and its ability to heal. Mm. Um, and so, you know, right now, you mentioned at the top that um, I'm in the process of studying to be a yoga therapist. And I really love the program with the Guru Ramdas Center for Medicine and Humanology that because it bridges this allopathic medicine with yogic philosophy um, and yogic science. Mm. And, you know, oftentimes in society, allopathic medicine and, and yoga are kind of pitted against each other, right? Yeah. And... And I get that, trust me, with my personal history, like, I get it. Um, 
But we can't learn the value of the other path if we never sit down at the same table. And we, um, and when we show up at that table, you know, coming with a willingness to listen to each other, coming with a willingness to learn from each other, uh, will lead to opportunities to be able to collaborate with one another, right? Mm. Um, and going back to that sense of otherness, right? Being able to, um, to say, you know what, you offer a tremendous value, allopathic, you allopathic medicine, right? Offer a tremendous value into understanding um, the body, right? And being able to do things that yoga can't do. Yoga can't do surgery, <laughs> right? Like yoga can't do ER, right? Yeah. Like we need each other. And the more that we recognize that we need each other, um, the deeper that we can actually go in our understanding with understanding this gift that we've been given in this physical form, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So along with becoming, obviously you're going to become a yoga therapist. You're on that pathway. When do you become one? Is it 2022? 2023 will be the official graduation date. <laughs> so it's quite a, quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. So in addition to that, what are your other future plans with your work in yoga? Sure. So immediate future wise, uh, I'm pretty excited about two upcoming offers. <clears throat> so the first one starts actually April 6th and, um, it is with the other uh, lovely ladies of Body Bliss, Leslie, Jordan Garcia, and Dexy Vaughn, and uh, we are holding a seven-week series on the chakras. So um, if you are interested in coming into a deeper relationship with yourself and bringing awareness to your patterns, this is a really beautiful offering. And, and you know... Uh, the babes of body bliss, you know, are all about getting your groove on. So there's going to be plenty of dancing, yoga, meditation, and reflection because we want you to um, actually tap into your strength that you already embody, right? And and bring it to the surface so that you can live it blissfully. So, um, and the second offer actually uh, is with yours truly, and um, I'm offering a um, transforming anxiety course, and it's going to start in June. So, this is a yoga and meditation-based course that's actually been <clears throat> scientifically researched and um, and is full of proven tools to help you. Uh, increase your calmness and increase the balance in your life for those that are suffering and struggle uh, daily with anxiety. So um, both of those opportunities are up and coming. And so feel free to email me. Yeah. Are they online? Or cause yes. Both of those opportunities are going to be fully virtual. So, um, so world can come together. <laughs> That's awesome. So where can people find you online? Sure. Um, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook. 
all that is both under uh, inner explorer yoga dot com is the website and the handles for both uh, IG and Facebook are going to be at inner explorer yoga my personal profile is Leilani Clark on Facebook so you're welcome to tap into any of those great and I'll have all your info linked in the show notes and then what's your email if they want to email you about those classes exactly um, inner explorer yoga at gmail.com so Oh, thank you so much, Leilani, for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure to have you on and get to know more about anxiety and yoga. Thank you, Ashley. It's been an honor. And again, I really appreciate your energy and uh, being able to explore this topic with you. So, Well, we'll, we'll be in touch soon. Um, so have a good day. All right. Thanks. You too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode all about yoga and anxiety with the knowledgeable Lalani Clark. Do yourself a favor and connect and follow Lalani. All of her links are in the show notes, so you're just one click away from connecting with her. From this conversation, I definitely feel like there's more to uncover for future episodes. As we can tell, Lalani is a wealth of knowledge, and I hope to have her back on the show again covering more topics In the future, maybe do an episode on yoga and depression or yoga and social anxiety. If there's anything in particular that piqued your interest from today's conversation and you'd like us to elaborate further, please email us and let us know. Our email is yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email us if you would like to apply to be a guest on the show. So the and is spelled out, Y-O-G-A-A-N-D podcast at gmail. If you liked what you heard, please share the show with your friends. Word of mouth is simply the best way and the most organic way to promote the show. And it is very much appreciated. Also hit that subscribe button if you would like us to keep going. Please consider joining our official yoga and podcast Patreon. They're great member perks such as virtual yoga and Pilates with me. You get a shout out on the show. We send you podcast stickers and a love note when you sign up. You can find out that info also linked in the show notes. If you would like to help the podcast, please leave us a glowing five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcast let us know and we'll send you podcast stickers and a love note as a thank you please follow us on instagram our handle is also yoga and podcast the theme song is by ali holder sound engineering and mixing by bentley the cat guest booking and social media by chloe the kitty Remember that this podcast is for simply everyone. If you're a human living on planet Earth, you might benefit from listening to Yoga and Podcast. See you next week. <laughs>